0: The Holy Gospel according to Mark, the first chapter. John the Baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now, John was clothed with camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. and the spirit descending like a dove on him, and a voice came from heaven, "You are my son, the beloved. With you I am well pleased. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. you may be seated. Well, in Jesus' baptism, we hear of the Spirit of God coming and descending on Jesus. And we also heard about the Spirit of God in our first reading today, where the spirit moved over the waters when the earth was dark and formless the Spirit of God, and then the voice of God speaking creation into existence. So in Jesus' baptism, we again get this same Spirit of God doing something new, creating something new. So as the Spirit comes down, Jesus looks up and sees the heavens torn apart. Now, I've stared up at the sky and wondered, what would that look like? I would invite you to try the same this week. Look up at the sky and just wonder, what would that have been like? I wonder what Jesus saw seeing the heavens torn apart. You know, I think we often think of baptism as a lovely, comforting event, but tearing and ripping really isn't a comforting image. It's usually not something we want to have happen. And yet that's what happens in Jesus' baptism. In this tearing and ripping of the sky, something new is happening. It's like the dividing line between God up in the heavens and us here is being taken apart, and all of a sudden, God is able to be with us in a new way, creating something new, a new way of being in relationship. One Old Testament scholar also said, this probably isn't the Holy Spirit descending like a calm, gentle dove resting on Jesus' shoulder, but he said this might be more like a dive-bombing pigeon. (laughs) The Holy Spirit coming in radical and life-changing and earth-changing power. Do we really want the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives to be radical and life-changing? If we've hit rock bottom, or if we're struggling, maybe yes. We want the Holy Spirit to totally change things for us. But if we're quite comfortable where we are, I don't know. Do we want the Holy Spirit to work a change in us it might be something for us to think about and pray about where is the Holy Spirit nudging us where is the Holy Spirit working on us to change so that we can more fully live faithfully so we have the heavens being ripped apart this dive-bombing Holy Spirit coming down on Jesus and then the voice of God the voice of God that spoke in creation the voice of God we heard in the psalm that's a powerful voice like thunder and lightning that creates peace for the people. And now the same voice speaks over Jesus. A voice that speaks of relationship and connection, that you are my son, the beloved, with you I'm well pleased. In the Gospel of Mark, this is the first time that Jesus shows up. And he's called beloved. He's told that God is pleased with him. Before Jesus does a single thing, before he's healed anyone or raised anyone or spoken about God's love, he hears these words of connection and belonging from God. And the same is true for us. God claims us as God's own through the Holy Spirit's work in baptism before we've done anything at all. All we can bring to God is what God has already given us. And in that baptism, God calls us beloved forever. The waters of baptism have sometimes been called storied waters because they move us into the story of Jesus Christ. They make us one with Jesus' story. We die to sin and all the stories that this world tries to tell about us and to rise to new life, to a new beginning in Jesus. And yet, even though we're brought into that new beginning, I think we get that that doesn't totally protect us from all the hurts of this world or from us messing up again and again and again I wear these white tabs on this these clericals I can't find it here every Sunday they're white kind of the the sign of baptism the color of baptism God's cleansing for us and there's a couple tabs that I never wear this is an old model that I used to wear And I don't wear them because I left them around the house one day when my children were very young, and they colored the whole back orange. (laughs) So I, I usually avoid wearing those. But a couple Sundays, I found myself coming home from church, and I pulled out my tab, and I set it down, and there was the orange I'd put it on, looking like baptismal white on the outside, but a total mess that no one could see on the inside. And I think, isn't that often how life is for us? We want to present the world. We want to think that we've got it all figured out. Everything's good. I'm good. But we have parts of our lives that can be a total wreck, a mess. And so it's in that mess that Jesus actually enters our story. When I was much younger, we would get together for Christmas with my family, 20 to 25 people. And my grandma didn't have a dishwasher at the time. And so we had to wash all of those dishes by hand. And you've probably experienced this before, all the dishes, as you're going through. It starts out nice and clean, that water. But the more you wash it, you get particles in there, and it gets a little greasy. And someone noted that you might start wondering as you're washing the dishes, are the dishes coming out cleaner, or were they actually cleaner before they went into that water? Time to change the water. When Jesus comes to the River Jordan to be baptized by John... It's a different baptism than our baptism. Instead, he comes to this water that crowds and crowds of people, all the people from Jerusalem who've been coming out, have gone into for ritual cleansing. They enter that water to wash away their sins into that river, Jordan. And then Jesus comes along after them, ready to go into that same water where everyone's washed off their sins And someone noted, you have to wonder, is Jesus cleaner coming out of that water, or was he cleaner going in? As he comes out with the sins of all the people clinging to him and the muck of that river. When Jesus comes out of the river Jordan, something happens. This crowd of people have come to repent. Their sin clings to him. And he comes entering into the mess of human life right with us where we most need it i'm reminded of a verse from isaiah chapter 64 it starts out with a cry to god a prayer that says to god oh that you would open the heavens and come down oh that you would tear open the heavens and come down how often have we wished that jesus would come in that kind of a way for us When we hear about the heavens being opened in Jesus' baptism, being torn apart, it's almost like that prayer from long ago has come to be made true in Jesus for us. Debbie Thomas wrote that in Jesus' baptism, Jesus enters into the full messiness of the human family. He becomes one with us. And in our baptism, we are brought into the same Connected to one another in a new way. For us to embrace Jesus' baptism is to embrace the truth that we are united, that we are interconnected, that we are one with each other. Whether we like it or not, the bond that God seals by water and the Spirit, that bond is truer and deeper than any other bond we have. It makes a stronger claim on our lives and our loyalties than all prior claims. Of race, gender, tribe, nationality, politics, or preference. The bond that God makes with us as baptism is stronger than anything else. And it gives us belonging with all the people here when we want it and when we don't. We are brought into a community of people that is meant to support us, and we are meant to support as well. And we don't always do that perfectly, but when we do, it's amazing. And I'm amazed about the ways that you all have supported each other in times of crisis and need. Sometimes we miss people, and that's not good, but there's other times that we live it out in big ways. I remember a story that was shared by a missionary, Pastor Linda Johnson Sankulo. She's one of our ELCA missionaries in Liberia. And she once told a story about attending a worship service in Liberia on Mother's Day. And as she tells it, it was a very, very long worship service. So they'd prayed, they'd praised, they'd preached. The mother of the church had just been honored and seated. And then 17 other special mothers were brought forward for honoring. Each one danced down the aisle. They danced in worship in Liberia. And they danced down the aisle and were seated. And that whole part of the service took an hour and 45 minutes. And Linda said, I was ready to be done. She had no place to go, but she was just ready to leave. As the 17th mother took her seat, the MC announced, Now we will hear a word from each of the mothers. And the pastor blurted out, All of them? So all 17 mothers, being honored, spoke. And in the end, Linda said, I was so grateful. Because if we hadn't heard from all of them, we wouldn't have heard from number 17, Ma Cordo. Ma Kordo stood up and began to speak passionately in one of the local languages, and she spoke for a long time. Linda didn't understand that local language, but she noticed that people were crying and were sad as she spoke and told her story. And so the pastor came over and shared with Linda what Ma Kordo was saying. Ma Kordo had lost five of her adult children to Ebola all at the same time. They were taken, all five of them, to the Ebola treatment center, and she never saw them again. Because at that time, if someone died from Ebola, the bodies had to be buried right away to risk spreading the disease. So Ma Cordo shared her story of grief with that congregation, and she sat down, and she started sobbing. It's one of those times where you're like, oh, that you would tear open the heavens and come down God. So Linda went to her and put her arm around her as she cried. And after a while, the music started playing. And Ma Cordo eventually stopped crying and she started moving in her seat to the music. And then and then she stood up and began to dance. The pastor told Linda it was the first time that Ma Cordo had shared her story with the church. Likely the first time she'd been able to stand. And dance in the face of so much loss, loss we can't imagine, only able to do so embraced and surrounded by the people of God. There's a hymn that I've been thinking about lately, and we're not singing it today, but you can look it up online if you want. It's called We Were Baptized in Christ Jesus. And the second verse reads like this In the water and the witness, in the breaking of the bread, in the waiting arms of Jesus, who's risen from the dead, God has made a new beginning from the ashes of our past. In the losing and the winning, we hold fast. God has and will keep making a new beginning from the ashes of our past. And so we keep on clinging to the promises of God and living them out for each other. That we, as the people of God, hopefully help each other experience. That God truly has torn open the heavens and come down to be with us always and fully in Jesus Christ our Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen.